All right, guys, good morning. Welcome back to the 90% Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Matthews. And today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, my man, Nick Womble. How you doing today, Nick? Doing good. Thanks for having me. So for those who don't know Nick Womble, I want to just say that he changed my life and um, the course of my life a few years ago. So a lot of you guys who know me know that I blew out my knee. I tore my ACL, I fractured my tibia, my meniscus was messed up, my quad was ripped, so my entire leg was just broken. And I did regular physical therapy, which helped a little bit, but then after that, I was still in crucial pain every single day waking up, and I didn't really like um, training anymore, training basketball players, and I just didn't really feel joy walking around because I was in so much pain. And so I came to Nick Womble, And he helped me tremendously gain strength back in my legs, my mobility, my core. So I just want to publicly thank you, Nick, for everything that you've done for me. Of course, bro. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's been a journey. Yes, sir. I was actually looking back uh, a little bit ago trying to see when we actually linked up. And it's almost been three years ago now, so it's crazy. Three years since we first linked? Yeah. Yeah. Like summer of 2020, I think. Oh, yeah. A lot has – we've both come a long way since then. Oh, yeah. And so – I don't fully know Nick's credentials. I know Nick is um, regarded around this Brevard County and Melbourne area as one of the best, if not the best, strength and conditioning trainer. Um, I know you've worked with at colleges, Clemson, right? Um, You've worked with kids as young as, what, 10 years old, all the way up to professional athletes. Um, And so what I want to do is, can you just kind of give us a brief overview of your background and where you're at currently and where you've been in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've always had a joy for this, just training and, and just being in the gym and, and trying to better myself as an athlete. Um, when I was growing up, I, I somehow I just ended up training all my buddies and throughout like high school, everyone come over to our house and we had a little weight set in the back and I've been basically coaching since then on and <laughs> didn't really have the credentials in and I actually found some old workouts back in the day. I'm like looking at them like, what were you doing? <laughs> um, I but, think we all have those. Yeah, but I mean, that's where it started and, and heard you can get a career in it. So I went to UCF, got my undergrad and master's there um, in exercise science and exercise physiology. Um, spent my grad time with UCF athletics. I worked with every team from your golf up to your football. Um, and that was really where I kind of like learned the joy of, you know, training athletes and like there's a career in this. I had actually looked to pursue training special forces um, a little bit at first and just heard that was a, an avenue you could go and thought that'd be very rewarding. And special forces like uh, military? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And, yeah, they, they, hi- yeah, they hire a strength staff. It's actually a fairly common role now, but I'd say, I mean, it's almost been like 10 years since I've been out of college. Uh, or Time in, flies. And get, getting into college, I guess not out of it. But um, And when I first got there, it was a fairly new profession for this field. And I was like, man, that sounds awesome. And somehow or another, I got I got linked up with the UCF strength coach. Um, his daughter actually was uh, a friend of mine. And, and so I started working there during grad school. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, at first it was a lot, but, but I got a, a great strength coach that I worked under. And um, he kind of took me under his wing, Ben O'Donnell. And um, he, he definitely created the, the love for it for me, like just seeing what he could do, the impact he could have um, on elite athletes at that level. It was, it was super rewarding. And really at that point on, I was just trying to pursue the, the, the collegiate strength and conditioning world. Um, pursued that for a couple of years and was at Clemson a little bit and turned up there, worked with a lot of their teams and ha- had a lot of uh, growth up there as well. Um, but then some, you know, life brought me back here and was looking for jobs and couldn't really land a big one or land anything that seemed um, important for me post, post-graduate school. 
And, um, you know, just I grew up in this area and felt a need for it. And one day it was just like, let's do it. Let's uh, let's open up a little spot here and, and get after it and start working with some athletes here. And kind of the rest is history after that. Oh, yeah. No, and so you're a private gym owner, right? You make your own schedule. You run the gym. You do your own workouts. Nobody's telling you what to do. How do you like that as opposed to because obviously you were pursuing the college route, but now you're working for yourself. Right. And so how do you think that's worked out for you? I think in the long run, it's better because I tend to have some wild thinking with training and the body and, you know, not to say what I learned in school and from these coaches isn't right or wrong. It's just um, it can be a little black and white sometimes and there's not much freedom to to explore outside of that. I mean, the human body is an incredible creation and it can take a lot and it can handle so much. And sometimes if we can get too structured with one way or another, it can I think uh, hinder the the athlete's ability to you know get to another level, and so being on my own and having the freedom to, you know, program the way I believe and and work with athletes in a certain progression, it, it's kind of given me the freedom to really you know create something beautiful for them, and um, you know, it's been a little bit of a trial and error journey on myself throughout that process. You uh -huh. know, this isn't stuff that you know I'm just like, hey, let's try this and see how it goes you know they, a lot of it is a test in, on me first and you know I still try to train pretty hard myself and take care of myself to a high level and and want to practice what I preach so a lot of times you know if I have an idea or a theory that I'm thinking on and you know this is probably built off what I was taught in school you know I, I go and apply it to myself and you know try it out or maybe I have an athlete that that I've worked with for you know a handful of years and I trust that he knows his body and you know kind of thinks a similar way and you know we'll I'll throw them a theory and we'll be like, all right, what do you think? And, you know, we'll start messing with it a little oh, bit. Yeah. And then we'll be like, yeah, you know, like it wasn't bad, but like probably not that important. And so, so I've developed a nice philosophy over the years, you know, because of that freedom and having the ability to to be my own boss. Absolutely. No, 100%. And that's one of my favorite parts about training with you is that every time I come in here, it's something unique and something that either I've never done before or a variation that I've never seen or done before, right? Along with obviously your um, ability to coach and just your – attitude and your personality and everything like that I think draws athletes in so well at least myself right I yeah, think yeah, yeah. everybody <laughs> has, their, has their reasons for coming in here so I, I want to talk about just kind of your side or your viewpoint on training I know me and you have obviously had conversations about this throughout the years there's the scientific way and the way that they're teaching in medical journals and schools and um, the degrees that people are getting have a certain way of teaching movement and human movement right and then there's kind of this way that has, in my opinion, just been coming along the last maybe five years or so. And I think you've adopted that, which is that the human body is very adaptable, right? And that we're not as fragile as people may think we are, right? And mm -hmm. is that yeah, sounding correct. on the right track? Yeah. So I want you to kind of touch on that. What is your just philosophy on, on how we can train our body? So, I mean, it, it really clicked for me. Like I said, I train pretty hard myself and I was always having, you know, nagging injuries. I wasn't seriously hurt, but just things just didn't feel good. And I'm like, man, I'm training probably better than most people are, uh -huh. you know, to the books. And I'm like, if I'm always getting hurt, then either I'm missing something or like, I don't know, I'm just broken. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but something's off. And early on of opening the facility up, I was actually running out to go surf one day and I, I was you know, watching some kids play on the playground and they were jumping off the top of it and it had to be 10 plus feet up and just hitting the ground rolling. <laughs> and, and I mean, they were just 
one after the next. Oh, yeah, just little going, kids I mean, are just I'm monkeys. Just, I'm just sitting there watching them play for, like, five minutes, and I'm like, dude, we can't – I mean, I probably can't do that. I don't think any of my athletes can do that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why does this 8-year-old have, like, a better human body than me? Like, why is he more athletic in a sense than me? And I'm, like, training my life for this. Um, and so that's, I think, where my mind has started to open that we're a little more resilient than we think. Uh-huh. And, you know, as we get older, we forget to play and we forget to have fun and explore our bodies and, you know, put them in weird positions and challenge them in awkward ways that, you know, a class can't really teach you. And, you know, I think as we get older, we stop doing that. And a little bit of, I guess, the foundational part of my philosophy is just like to, to allow us to be kids again and play and to not be afraid to like do weird things in the gym and you know put our body into some you know crazy or tough positions because unfortunately sports going to take you there you know sports are you know they're pretty intense to the point where you can't avoid injuries per se you know that they're sometimes they're just going to happen um but the better i believe we can put our body in tough situations in the gym in a controlled setting the better we can you know go out to the quarter field and play a little more freely oh yeah without the the fear of, you know, could today be the day, you know, that I blow my knee out or whatever, and, you know, my career's over, and they're stressing that, and, you know, that kind of opens up a whole other door of just the mental side of training that, you know, the gym is, in my opinion, like the meat and but it's the, you know, the meat and potatoes, and it gives you a lot, but there's some other parts of it that aren't really spoken enough about, you know, just the mental side of it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you're bringing this up. That's giving me goosebumps, right, because we're the 90% podcast we named it that because it's 90% mental, right? And um, people argue that, right? People say, no, it's 90% physical. You got to do the physical work. But 90% mental meaning stuff like what you just said, right? If you're going into a game and you don't trust yourself, you don't trust your body and you're worried that you're going to get hurt, 90% of it is in your head, right? Your body can physically do it. But if you don't believe you can, right, then a lot of it, it's the, uh, there's a term imposter, sy- imposter syndrome, right? Like, I don't know the exact science behind that, but you, you, put in the work and you do it so much and you you build the confidence that you know you're supposed that you're okay in that situation right yeah no it's definitely I I mean like the more I'm doing this and I've been blessed to work with a lot of um, elite athletes in this area and I have a a nice little professional baseball group that works with me in the off seasons and working with these guys and seeing some of them at the highest level and a couple of them have made their debuts this year which has been super super rewarding for them um, to see all the hard work pay off but you know watching those guys work outside of the gym you know what do they do in their home what are they what are they thinking you know they are putting if not you know the same if not more work outside of the gym than they are in it and I'd argue way more than it and this is we're talking you know their sport work their you know nutrition their sleep habits their you know meditation whatever they're doing they are doing more outside of the gym than you know they're doing in it and most people just come in like well you know check off my workout you know, I did my part for my training and that's enough. And I'd argue like, that's just, that's like the, the part, you know, that's the easy part. Yeah. Anyone can go in a gym and just go work out, uh-huh. you know, but to do the little boring knickknacky things is, is really where like, you know, I think you take yourself from being a good athlete to a great athlete. hundred percent or 90%, right? Because that, <laughs> so, and, and I would say 90% of athletes are doing what you just are are not doing what you just said right 90 percent of athletes are just going to the gym and checking off i got my workout in today Mm -hmm. and then they're going home and maybe those other 23 hours of the day aren't lining up with their goals of what they're doing in that hour of the gym right so 
to separate yourself, you have to be in that 10% of doing those little things, right? And let's talk about what are some of those little things. I know I've been obviously in the gym, and so I've seen some of the things that you help implement. Um, for those who don't know, I don't know if the camera can see <laughs> Nick's feet, but he's barefoot right now, and I literally don't think he owns a pair of shoes or socks. Um, he's barefoot 24-7, and I think that's something that you shed light on every single day, right, is everybody in here most times I come in yeah. is barefoot, right? Yeah. So that's one of the things I think um, you get everybody on the uh, we've had them on the whoop a little bit. The whoop, yeah. 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 And so what are, some, what are some things like that that you implement outside of the gym that you see are helping athletes? So, I mean, again, it comes back to just, like, the human body is resilient. And, like, we didn't have, you know, we'll, go, we'll start with the shoes first. We didn't have shoes, you know, forever. I mean, sure, we've had some form of shoe, a sandal or this, that, and the other, you know, to protect against, you know, abrasive surfaces and whatnot. But, you know, for the majority part of, you know, human evolution, like, we've been fairly barefoot yeah. in some sort of way we've been challenged to you know actually use our feet to to do something um and they're very strong like i can't remember all the stats on it but there's like a third of the bones in the body are just like in the feet alone or like the ankles up or, or down or whatever and uh -huh. you know an insane amount of muscles and tendons and i mean like hundred um just in the foot alone so when you hear those like stats and you think of like you know that's kind of important to probably train pretty heavily and to make sure that it's the foundation of our body. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're on our feet all the time. Yeah, no, it's the foundation. And so for me, it's like a ground up approach. Like I can't be strong up, up upstream if, you know, the foundation's bad. And I think there's a quote somewhere. It's like, you can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe. And the whole concept is like, you need that stability to create power. Uh -huh. um, and so it's just, again, it's about like, you know, starting from that portion on, like people walk in the gym and I'm, you know, like, hey, it's pop your shoes off. Like what? <laughs> like, it's weird now for them to do that. When, I mean, growing up, I don't know about you, but, like, I was outside barefoot climbing trees yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was just, I, mean, I could run on rocks. Like, my feet were super resilient. And, you know, as I got older, I, back to the, you know, the normal world and my shoes are always on. And, you know, I'm always on my feet. And next thing you know, I'm getting plantar fasciitis and all these, like, feet problems. And I'm like, well, I've never had this before. Like, why is this happening? Yep. And it was just because they got weak. You know, they started relying on the shoes. They started relying on, you know, sure, we're, we're smart and we, we give our, I mean, I'm freezing right now, so like a jacket and some <laughs> pants would help, but like we, we create things to make our lives more comfortable. And shoes were one of those things. And unfortunately that comfort has brought dysfunction. And so something as simple as just getting them to get their shoes off when they come in the gym is, you know, it's such low hanging fruit that they don't even realize they're getting better but they're, they're training just by being barefoot. Oh, yeah. No, it helped me tremendously. I think my feet were literally numb before I started training with you. Just speaking as a basketball player, we're wearing really thick, or not heavy, but thick shoes, yeah. right? There's like a half inch on the bottom and then wrapped around, just protective. So Fair. we're, and those are jamming your toes together nonstop, right? So I really didn't, couldn't feel my feet yeah. until we started yeah. doing a lot of barefoot stretching and jump roping, mm -hmm. sled pushes, all that yep. stuff, yep. so. And, and it's not like they're always barefoot. Like, some, it's funny, though. Some get so, you know, addicted to it almost in a sense. They're like, they don't, they'll come up here without shoes. And, yeah. like, and I'm like, listen, we're still a gym. And, like, there's going to be times we need shoes. So, like, you have to always bring them because I'm not against them when we need them. Like, it's funny, too. Sometimes people will roll up when I'm working out. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, you're wearing shoes? And I'm like, well, there's a time and a place for it. Like, uh -huh. you know, like, I can sit here and push myself and try to do it with you know, without and potentially annoy my foot. That's another thing. When your feet get annoyed, like they stay annoyed. Oh yeah, you know? cause you're on them all day. You, you, it's very hard to like allow it to heal because you can't. Yeah. And so, the, you know, they'll just like linger, you know, six weeks, seven weeks and you're still like, why is this bothering me still? 
And so like for me, like I don't, I've learned this the hard way again, being barefoot a lot and, you know, being obsessed with that style of training, you know, sometimes I've had a point where I've overdone it and I'm like, you know what, like it's just not worth to annoy it. So, you know, put your shoes on every once in a while and do a drill and then you can take them back off. Like you could even wear them the whole time in the gym. I'm not even saying you need to barefoot train in a gym because, you know, like again, if you're going to perform a little bit better with them on, then, then do it. But at some point you need to be having them off. And if you're not taking them off outside of the gym and the gym is the one hour I can get you to get your shoes off, oh, yeah. then exactly. I'm going to do that. Exactly. You yeah. know? And, and so I think that's like where some people think it, you know, you can go a little overboard on it. But, you know, if you are using your shoes for your sport, which clearly you're going to need them, you, you should probably train in them every once in a while and, and be comfortable in them. Yeah. Um, but just know, know to take care of them outside of that, you know, take them off and do some, you know, mobility drills for your feet and toes and, and move them because they are meant to move. Movement is medicine. And if you're, like you said, you're shoving them in a little shoe with a little small toe box and you don't move your toes anymore, then you wonder why they can't move anymore. You don't like, use them, you're going to lose them. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the body's super, I feel like it's super smart to a point where it's almost lazy. And it's like, what? Like, how does that work? But it, it knows that if you're not going to challenge it to use it anymore, it's just going to be like, all right, I'm going to forget that uh -huh. because that's too much work. That's too much energy. Like, uh, we're just going to put that in the back burner. Like, it's not saying it forgot forever. You can reteach it, but, you, but you're going to have to, like, go through a process. It's going to take reps. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're you, going to have to. You've had millions or hundreds yeah. of thousands of reps without the shoes or with the shoes Correct. on. So now to get comfortable without it, you got to yeah. build that up. Yeah. So besides barefoot training, what else um, do you think are some things that you preach and implement? I know diet is one, right? How's your diet and how, how would you? Um, um, yeah, diet is definitely a big one. Diet's one that I think is a little controversial, um, which is what the world is preaching for us to eat these days. Um, for me, and this is something I will teach my athletes, I obviously won't, you know, tell them how they need to eat and you know, I can't sometimes even do that to begin with. They're, you know, 14, 15 years old. They're at the will of their parents. So, you know, um, I'll just kind of reckon, you know, they'll ask me, what do, what do you do? Like, what are you doing? And so I eat a little untraditionally. I try to eat, you know, the way I believe people 150 to 250 years ago ate. That's just as simple as I'm going to put it. I mean, it, it just stems in with the philosophy I have of training, you know, just go back to like what we were doing for thousands of years. And we evolved in a way to handle this. So it's like, don't change it because it worked for a long time. Uh -huh. um, and then now we have changed it, whether it's the way we move or that's the way we eat. And we're seeing a lot of dysfunction. We're seeing a lot of, you know, metabolic issues and just, you know, diseases and cancers are oh, through yeah. the roof. And, you know, this is within like, you know, the last 50 years. And people are kind of just, you know, a blind eye to the fact that this is actually happening. And, you know, for me, again, whether it was just my mindset with training and understanding like, there's an old way to do this a little better, probably. I just started thinking about eating that way. And I'd say a couple years ago, um, probably right around the time period I met you, um, I started transitioning into just like a wise traditions eating pattern of just, you know, eat organic food and eat, you know, a lot of meat and eggs and raw dairy and, you know, drink a clean water source and try to avoid anything processed and fake that wasn't in our stores a hundred years ago. And I think if you can just keep it as simple as that, you know, you can take that to a very deep level, but just keep it that simple. And have you seen any um, changes or progress from shifting your diet? For me? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it started for me because I had my own issues like health wise. I was always having stomach problems to the point where, I mean, I was just having episodes on trips of just complete, you know, just sickness for two or three days. And I just kind of got fed up with it and it was uh -huh. like, all right, again, I'm doing better than most people are. 
per se. Like I'm eating, you know, a little more health consciously and things like that. And, you know, once I switched over to this way of eating, I mean, it wasn't an immediate switch. Again, like you said, with kind of like the steps and stuff, like you're, you got to give it a lot of reps. You can't just switch your eating habits in one day. You think everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. Like you ate that, you ate that wrong for, you know, 25 plus years. Yeah, your so. body has to readapt. And so it's taking time. Like I still think I'm going to, you know, you ask me again in five years how I'm feeling, I'm probably going to feel better, I think, you know, but I do have my days still, you know, Super Bowl is yesterday and you, maybe you have a little crappier food but you know this again an 80 20 rule of some sort of like majority of the time do do good yeah like you know you're the world doesn't always set us up for this easy living and again nobody's got farms like they used to have you know 100 years ago or so so it's like a little harder to live that lifestyle but if majority of the time you can clean up your eating and, and just find a good quality source of food you almost don't even need to change what you're eating just change the source of it find a find a better quality and immediately your body's going to be like thanking you. It's going to be like, all right, yeah. we're getting real fuel now. Like we can no, do I love something that. Like this. I love that because it, we take chicken, for example, or, or anything, right? If you look at the ingredients, chicken should just say chicken, right? But a lot of times it says chicken and then it says 500 other ingredients of who Whatever knows what adding. those are, right? Yeah. And um, I don't know, you said something that made me think Every, all of our systems are combined or, or are working together, right? Your digestive system is tied in with your immune system and your muscle skeletal system and your mental system, right? So it's all, if you can't do one thing right and expect to get results, it all ties in with one another, right? And the eating and the working out and stretching and taking care of your yeah. body. So I think you do a really good job of not only telling people that, but living it, right? And so I know you've had some obstacles, like you've had uh, hernias, right? And so how has that, have that, obviously that's tough, right? Like I said, I blew up my knee and then when my muscles and my skeleton isn't feeling right, mentally I'm not feeling right. But then once I get it back on track, now mentally I feel better physically. So how, did that affect you at all mentally or what would you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly really bad timing too. I got the first one like right as I was opening the gym and dealt with that a little bit, decided to get it repaired just because of just doing what I do is, it's really tough to deal with like a hernia the whole time. Yep. So got it repaired and then they say there's like a 1% chance it'll re-injure and like eight months later, I'm like, oh, I got it again. And they're like, no, you don't. Sure enough, had it somehow, I managed to like re-rupture the same one or whether it didn't take, I don't know. Had to have it re-repaired and then throughout the re-repair, I was, I mean, I can't say I was given it, but I think it was, um, in a tough position next to my belly button and it, it gave me a third umbilical hernia that, that I didn't have before it. So, you know, out of nowhere with one little quick little mishap, you know, I'm dealing with almost two or three years worth of them. And so it, it's definitely been mentally, you know, draining to a point But again, I'm, I'm physically active for six, seven hours straight training people. And to have that like thought in your mind of like, be careful, like, you know, you aren't hundred percent right now was hard. And, you know, again, I'm a very physically active person too. And I want to train. I, I like to Olympic lift and um, I'm big into rock climbing now. And just a lot of, whether it's golf or this or that, like I'm active. And to to work with that, like that handicap the whole time was, was draining. But at the same time, it was awesome because it taught me how to be more aware of my body. Like it's one of those things that you look back and it's a blessing in disguise because it, it taught me so much more about my body. I'm so much more in tune with it what it's telling me, how to respond to it, well, like when to take a day or two. Like I even had a tweak on my stomach last week and, you know, initially you, f you freak out like, oh, here it goes again. But then, you know, I'm just like, all right, give it a day or two. Like take your sex, you know, your second day of climbing off and, you know, do the few of these drills and, you know, give it the weekend, eat well, sleep well, and you're going to feel better. And, and I feel fine right now. So it's one of those things where, you know, you are going to learn from those mishaps. And I, 
a lot of the the athletes I have that have had injuries in the past or you know have had a, you know whether it's an ACL or two or three you know they they say now like it was the best thing that happened to me. Like, yep. I'm, I'm so much smarter about it. That's how it. I feel, uh, truly. And so I think it's, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where if you can keep a good, again, comes back to like the 90, what is the 90% podcast, right? So mental, it's mental. Me it's mental. If you can go into that situation and, and be in a good mindset, you're going to recover better. Like your body follows your mind. Your mind controls everything. Beautiful. I so, couldn't have said that better. So That's like the truth. If, if you're not on the same page with it, like, and you're just sitting there telling myself, oh, this sucks. Like, I'm never going to get better. I'm going to, this is going to hurt. Like, blah, 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 blah. Then that's how you're gonna recover, bro. I promise. That's exactly what how I was before I came to you. My knee hurt so bad, and I just kept telling myself that I couldn't do anything. I can't stretch. I can't go for a walk. I can't strengthen it because it hurts so bad, right? And then I came to you. Then we eased our way into it, obviously. But um, now I'm able to squat deep. I feel, or not as deep as you, but I feel really comfortable. Yeah, you're more you're more alive again. I'm you're a lot more, more mobile. I can jump. I'm. I don't feel pain, right? I feel I, I feel good, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. how I think people and I I don't even think it's good. I think it's normal. I just think yes, I feel yes, like a normal that's a better way to put it. Human, right? Everybody thinks it's like, oh well, that's cool. Like, you know, or give yourself twenty years and tell me how you feel now. Like you're it's just because you're young and you know, everyone's got an excuse. And to me, like again, I don't I can't guarantee I'm gonna feel great when I'm fifty five or seventy five. I don't know. But I believe that if I do these things well and I'm consistent with it and I believe it's doing something good for me. Like that's a huge side of it. I, I mean, I stress the mental side of things way more than gym nowadays. Like, I mean, I have athletes come in here that are immediately, you know, negative or or just just con and maybe they're not to anybody else, but they're just speaking to that themselves. out loud to themselves. Yep. And I'm looking at them like, and that's Listen, the worst form of negativity. Oh my goodness! It, and it's it's like words have energy, and people tell you this too is another one of those like wise traditions that have passed down of like you know like your words hurt, and they do. Like they have energy, we're, we're energetic beings and your, your words are a frequency and a vibration and, and your body is putting that out and other bodies will pick that up. That's why you can walk in a room and be like, the vibe's just really weird here, like whatever. <laughs> like that's a, that's a real thing, like your body is in tune to that. And so like if someone comes in here speaking negatively to themselves, you know, I'm, in the long run I can't make them do what they wanna do, but they're affecting everyone else in here. So that's gotta stop. Oh, yeah. And like that's something I'm like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna nip that in the butt real quick. Like we're not doing that in here, um, because again, like I, I mean, if you want to think that way, I'm like, think it to yourself in your head. Then, you know, I don't believe that's good for you. But if that's what it's gonna be, then then keep it to yourself. Yep. Because other people don't want to hear it. No, for sure. And it's not it's not benefiting anybody, right? And so especially not that person. And so like, I I really have mixed thoughts on that because we get athletes also on the basketball training side that come in and and. Most of the time, athletes that are wanting to train are lacking some sort of confidence issues, or maybe it's their skills that are lacking, and then that obviously ties in with their confidence. So for me, if an athlete is talking negative about themselves, I try to give them a couple little exercises. Like every time a negative thought pops in their head, I'll try to tell them, I'll tell them it's okay to have those thoughts. Every single person yeah. has those thoughts. Yeah. It's not about having the thought. It's about how you respond to it, right? And so when, when that thought comes in your head, you either are going to believe it or you're not, right? And start wiping out those negative thoughts and replace them yeah. with something positive, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I can't make five in a row. Like, I get kids all the time that tell me they can't make five in a row. And then five minutes later, they make five in a row because all I did was get them to convince yeah. themselves that they could yeah. do it, right? Yeah. And it's that cliche saying... Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're going to be right. But it's mm -hmm. so true, 100%. especially when it comes to sports and fitness and everything like that, right? So 
and I know it happens with you in here all the time. I've seen it firsthand with myself and with other athletes that you're working with where maybe they're coming off of an injury and they don't trust themselves to do something. And so you give them a little bit of confidence and get them to level one. And maybe what you really want them to do is at level five. But once, you, once they see they can do level one, then they know they can do level two, level three, level four. And then yeah. once they pass level five, then they realize there's no limit, right? And they see other athletes in here mm -hmm. squatting 300 or doing, whatever, whatever, doing yeah. whatever it is, and they know that they can eventually build their way up to that. So I want to talk about environment and culture here at, at your gym. I think you have one of the most unique and probably the best uh, gym environment as far as everybody feeling comfortable, you know what I mean? And I, I think that's one of those things where people get a little caught up in, oh, the gym should be an uncomfortable place and you should come in and sweat and... Uh, just be miserable by the time you leave. And I don't believe that at all. I think there's times for that. I think there's maybe 20% of the time or 10% of the time where you should just feel absolutely dead and maybe hate your trainer or whatever. But I think the majority of it should be what the word you said earlier, play, have fun, yeah. experiment, right? So what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, no. So I think, again, it, if it kind of comes back to the mental side of things, if you're <laughs> just getting beat down in here 24-7 and you hate coming here, you're not going to get better. Like you, you, and you're not going to want to come. Yeah. You're not going to want to be here. Like, and this is, again, we're, we're training the human body. The human body is the most complex thing on the planet. Like we don't even begin to, if we, if someone tells you they understand the body, they don't like, I'm the first to tell you, I don't even understand this thing at all, but I'm, I'm trying every day to learn it and to learn it better and to get a better idea of what it's capable of. And, and so, yeah, like when you come in here and, and the environment's bad, then I think you've already hindered your growth of, of that day. And so it's just about trying to create a, a, a place that people feel comfortable and people feel, you know, that this is an environment that I'm going to be actually able to get better at. And, you know, people are, again, they see people around them that have gotten better. And so it's like when you come into a place and you actually start to believe, like, I can get better here, then that's the first step to, to progress. You know, like you need that first. That belief. You got to have that belief. And so day one, that's something I'm preaching to them, like, I'll be the first to tell you if it was the worst rep I've ever seen or like was horrible yeah. and like, let's never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but I'm also like, it's okay. Like you don't know your, what you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't know anything yet. That's fine. Like be bad. That's why this. you're here. That's yep. exactly why you're here. Like I've had pros come in here and I'm testing them. I'm like, man, like, you, you know, you made millions of dollars and you're some hotshot, you know, player or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, but in here, like you're pretty bad. Yeah. Like, no, and we've talked about that. Like, uh, imagine how much better you could be yeah. if, if you could move properly. But I'm leading that up with be excited about that then because you're already a great baseball player, or you're a great football player, or whatever sport you're at, you're good at it already. But like when it comes to the human movement side of things, like you're not, you're, you might be like an elementary school kid, right? And so like be excited though, because that means like you have so much room to improve and to be better. And, and so like, I think even if you take that negative side of it, again, like rewire it in a different way. Sure, I'm bad at this. But this helps me do that. And if I get better at this, then I'm better at that. Oh, yeah. And so it's like you just got to kind of keep that, like, bigger perspective on things. And if you get lost in that that one moment of how bad this drill is. I mean, I have people come in here, and I'll show them a drill, and they're doing it. And first rep, they're like, oh. You can just see they're getting mad. I'm like, what are you mad at? Like, you've never done this in your life. Like, I do this every day. Of course it's a little easier yeah. for me. Like, but you go show me something on, you know, on the, in the basketball court, and I can't do it. I'm going to look like an idiot. So like, it's fine. Like, just know, know that you're in a place to get better. And, you know, as long as I can create an environment that breeds that and preaches that, like I'm always going to, you know, give them positive words when they're doing something great. But I'm also gonna be real with them if, hey, like, you know, I think your energy is pretty bad today. You know, what's going on? I don't, you know, I've seen you days where you're 
you know, on it and I've seen you off. So I can tell when, when oh, yeah. they're you, not you on. You can tell. You've, you've done that to me. Yeah, very yeah. quickly someone can walk in the door. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Yeah. Like, let's have a little therapy session. <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah. Like, we need to get that out of the way first before we get in here and train yeah. because it's just going to it's gonna mess the day up. And I so, want to I wanna pause right there on that. That is a huge topic with training in my eyes. And we talked about it on the phone the other day. Uh, being a therapist almost as a trainer or just wearing other hats in general, right? And especially we can dive super deep into this with being gym owners and everything, but being as a trainer, right? People think athletes come in, we put them through a workout and then athletes leave, right? But a lot of the times that's not the case. Like you just said, there needs to be a little mini therapy session before, during, after sometimes. Um, maybe they're not, they're struggling at school. Maybe they're struggling at home. Maybe they just went through a breakup, whatever the case is. Yeah. And I think the thing that separates every, everybody thinks they're a star trainer and a great trainer, right? But there's superstars out there in the training world, in my eyes, right? There's good trainers, there's stars, and then there's superstars, right? You're a superstar, and I'm not just Appreciate saying that it. to hype you up. I truly mean that. And the thing that I think separates superstars is that they understand that they're not just there to train the athlete, right? Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the times the athlete Yes, they want training. Yes, they want to get physically stronger, faster, better, whatever you want to call it. But a lot of times they need a friend or, mm -hmm. or a mentor or somebody that they can just talk to and feel yeah. open with and, and not be judged, right? Yeah. And I think you do one of the best jobs at that. Um, so what's your approach to that? I mean, there's a quote, and it's I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but it's, it's one of my favorite ones where it's like, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Bam. And, and that's like something I live by. Like, I mean, I, that's been you know, early on interviewing and they always ask you like, what's your favorite this fact? I've always thrown that out there because <laughs> it, it's true though. Like it's always stuck to me and it's always been important to me that, and I put myself in others, you know, other people's shoes. Like if someone's trying to teach me something and I can just tell them just there, you know, to, to fill their hour and to, to fill their checkbook, then I don't, I don't believe like I'm getting what I need from that. And I, I don't even want to listen to them on that level, even if they are right, you know? And so like, I think just getting people to like, believe like I'm actually here for them. And I'm here to not just collect money. Like, unfortunately, I gotta, I gotta get paid to keep the doors open. But like, it's not about that. Like, if I could do this for free, I would because I truly enjoy helping people and I enjoy like teaching them things that they are not maybe t being told elsewhere. Um, you know, again, the sport world is it's a doggy dog world out there. Like, it is not nice to people. It is a competition from start to finish. And if you're not better than the next person, then like you're just gonna get left in the dust. But you could be that good and you might have just needed a little extra help or guidance or someone to sit you back and you know tell you this, that, and the other. And I, I just try to be that person. Um, and again, like we, majority of my clients are 14 to 18. You know, like put yourself back in high school. It's hard. And I think it, I couldn't even imagine being in high school now with social media, you know, as heavy as it is. Like we barely had like a Facebook and an Instagram. I don't even think we had Instagram. Yeah. You know, like, it's 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 just getting to the point now where there's so much stress for them that if this can be a place where they can just come in and shut off and just escape for a little bit and feel loved and feel wanted and to you know actually know I'm benefiting from here you know I think yes my training may be good but I could probably do the worst training ever and they're still going to benefit from it because they're at a place where, you know, they believe like they should be at and they believe that they're getting better. And I tell people all the time, like there's multiple training facilities in this area. 
there's a lot of places they could be going to. And if they don't like what I do or, you know, believe in what I do, then let me let me show you somewhere else because you need to go somewhere that you you believe in. Yeah. And that they believe in you. And if that's not here, then, you know, no hard feelings. Like, I'm going to continue to do it this way. But, you know, I do believe, like, that's that's first come, first serve. Like, you need that first. Yeah. Go find somewhere that you, you feel wanted, that you feel, you know, this person's out for me and they're here to help me. And if you start with that, you know, I can probably get them to tell them they need to run in circles backwards for 30, 30 minutes and they're going to do it because they believe in me. Yeah. Um, no, and that's huge right there because the, the, the trainer-client relationship matters. And you could be the best, absolute best trainer in the world, and you're not going to get along with every single client that walks through the door. So I think being willing to refer out and just say, hey, like, it's not that we don't get along, it's just we don't get along as well as I think you'll get along with this other trainer, right? And the other trainer you may feel isn't as good or knowledgeable as you, but if they connect better, that's a better fit, right? Yeah. And even if the drills we don't think are as good, yeah. like the, just the human connection I yeah. think is huge in development. Yeah, and, and like, again, there's not like one right or wrong way to train. Again, we said this early on that the human body is very adaptable and it can handle so much. So it's it comes down to this thing of like, I really don't know if there's really bad training again. There might just be, and I'll reference this to climbing. So with rock climbing, you know, you have a route on a wall and, you know, I'm going to hit it different than maybe the six foot four guy. We got different body types. We got different options. Maybe I move a little different or even someone the same size as me. Maybe I move different. Maybe I have a little longer arms. Like there's just so many ways you'll watch someone go up a wall and hit a route. And you're like, man, I didn't do it that way. He didn't, he did it that way. She did that way. And, and I think there's just so many ways to get to your endpoint. And it's not to say one was right or wrong, but maybe there is a better way. Maybe there's a more efficient way. Uh-huh. But, like, there's, you're still probably moving forward. Yeah. You know, like, as long as, like, you're just not out to hurt yourself. And I think no coach in this area has intentions. Like, I'm going to go out here and see if I can break this kid today. Like, that's nobody's intentions. And so I think it's like, well, again, let's not say nobody. You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe there's some crazy coaches out there, but for the most part, I feel like coaches have, yeah, they have the best, best interest. Interests. Yeah. 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 And again, like, I think you're going to get that most places. So you just have to, to mesh with that. You got to vibe with that. And if it's not me, then we got to find somewhere that you do because that's, what's going to make you better first off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's just like, I've been blessed that a lot of people have stuck around and a lot of people have, you know, bought into what I'm doing and like this, you know, method, but Again, like we when we talked about, like there's not a lot of coaches that are probably trying to hurt hurt their athletes, but they might be doing stuff in a way that is hurting their athletes without really knowing. Without, it. Exactly, it's one of those things um, that you said earlier. You don't know what you don't know. Correct, and it's not even that I'm even maybe saying that they're hurting them, but like again, a 14 to 18 year old kid has more on their plate than people will give them credit for. You know, like sure they don't have a job, or maybe they do, but they don't have to like you know, be on their own and support themselves and pay for all these bills. Like they don't have that, but they have their own stress. No, but they, yeah, they have their own stress. They have social stress. They have so much between like their schedules are, they blow my (laughs) mind sometimes. I got high schoolers that are leaving the house by seven and not getting home till eight. And they are jam packed all day. Got IB classes, this, doing that, doing, you know, this practice here, going to that coach there, doing their hitting here. Like their schedules are crazy. And to, to not like, understand that they're under a lot and that there's only so much that body can take that if you don't again buy into your athletes and learn them and understand who they are I feel like you're gonna miss that aspect of it again knowing I can tell when an athlete's off when they walk in the door like I just I'm I've know them the enough energy, I yeah. speak into them enough, whatever it is like they can walk in the door and I'm like what's what's going on and, and and that's the thing it's like that stress will weaken the body 
So maybe you're getting hurt in a practice or you're tweaking something in here or whatever it may be. And it had nothing to do with the coach's practice was wrong or my training was bad. It's just that your it body, mental. Not, I mean, it really can be. Yeah. There's crazy stories and whether you want to believe these things or not, of people dying without, without a problem because they were misdiagnosed. Like they've had told they had cancer and they're only going to have so long to live. And they're like, well, I just want to live till, you know, a couple months longer. I want to make it the holidays with my family. And sure enough, they do. And then right when the holiday is over, they die. Yeah, that's and then they, crazy. And they autopsy them and they didn't even have a problem to begin with. Like the brain is that powerful. So if you're going to come in here and we're not even talking on that level, we're not even thinking about that we're dying right now. But you're thinking like, I'm dying almost because my life sucks and yeah. you know, I got broken up with or I have this huge test or I, I'm, you know, I got a huge tournament this weekend. And if I do well, maybe my whole life changes from it. There's, they're under a lot. And when they're under that and they're being beat down at a hard practice or I'm coming in here and beating them down in the gym, it's not helping. And so sometimes less is more. So let's talk about that real quick because I completely agree. And honestly, you just opened my, I learned something new from you every single time we talk. So, but how do the best of the best not get stressed like that? Because we see, obviously there's girls like Emma Rich that you train, McDonald's All-American, best player in this, the, this county's ever seen, maybe even the state, um, one of the best in the country. Jake, the professional baseball player, uh, we could list all these guys and girls that you train, right? And they have the same schedule, or if anything, more rigorous of a schedule than the average oh, um, yeah. high school athlete or professional athlete. And so how do you, what, what do you think separates them? Because they look like they're having more fun, right? Yeah. And they don't look stressed. Yeah. So how, how do you think they get to that point? Um, well, one is they got to like, they got to still love playing their sport. You know, if there's ever a point where you just feel like you're just playing it for someone else, like your your mom or dad wanted you to do it, or like you wanna you gotta make it because like life is hard or whatever it may be, and you and you see it as an outlet out, uh, that can make it that can affect you big time. Like you gotta still have love for the game because to do as much as like you said, you have way more on your plate than a normal person does, and to go into that day in and day out and not enjoy it and love it, like that's just gonna burn you out. And you see that a lot with athletes. They just eventually just stop. Great athletes, whatever it may be, and they're just done. They just got burnt out. So like, one is you gotta have that love for it still. And if you don't, then either figure out how to have a love for it, or like maybe you do need to hang it up. And like, there's nothing wrong with that again, but like, you gotta be honest with yourself. Yep. And I mean, it comes back to that 90%, you know, like it's all mental. And so like for those athletes- I might have to hire you to be my co-guest. Bro, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so spot on. Like it's the most important thing. Like I tell most, most athletes that come in here, I don't care if they're 14 or not, like they're elite. Like they got skill in what they're doing. Uh -huh. Like they're great athletes already. They have an incredible skill and they could definitely be somebody one day. Like, I mean, they have all the potential in the world. So like, I'm like this little market I have and I'm seeing majority of them come into me and I'm looking at them like you, you could be somebody someday. Like, that's not a fluke. Like they're all that good. They're all, they're all skilled and they all have a potential. So what's stopping every one of them from being the best is their mind. And like, and, and so whether, whether it's going to be, you got to get off social media and stop listening to the narrative that you're seeing on there, or you got to stop flooding your mind with too much information. There's information everywhere. No, there is. And, and, and in today's age, influence and, and I don't like to say the word programming, but it's almost, it, it almost is that. I saw a video the other day, they had a red dot and a blue dot right next to each other. And they were the exact same size dot, but the blue dot had like a border around it or something. And so the guy asked the class, which dot's bigger? Every, he said, if, if you think it's the blue dot, raise your hand. Everybody raises their hand. And he said, if you think the red dot's bigger, raise your hand. Nobody raised their hand. And then he said, he shows the measurements. They're the exact same, right? But just because of the power of, of influence of he, he, 
presented it in a way where the blue dot was would, the right answer. Exactly. Right. And so with social media, right, there's so much information out there. What, what do athletes trust? What do they not trust? Are they hearing too much? Are they not hearing enough? They're questioning themselves nonstop. So I think what you just said is huge. Maybe stepping back from social media can help the mental yeah. side yeah. Of, of the game. I mean, I had to talk with one of my athletes last week about this, um, you know, just about a lot that was on their plate. And I mean, great athlete has potential to easily get D1 recruited and has all the potential in the world, but they're beating themselves right now. They're wearing themselves out, they're stressing themselves out, and they're always having these nagging injuries. And I, and I argue, like, it's not because you're not training enough or doing enough. Like, you're, you're probably one doing too much. But more than that, like, I, I was like, what, what can we look outside of this? Like, you know, how do you, are you on, you know, TikTok a lot, Instagram? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you, do you think it's helpful being on there? No. I'm like, okay, then maybe we get off it a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I understand, like, you can't just rip the plug on that. But, like, if it's not helping you, and you can be honest with yourself and look back like no one can get in your head and decide that. If you think, hands down, this is hurting me more than it's helping me, then it's got to go. Yeah. And that's for everything. And that is men- that's for everything, and that's mental 100%. And we talked about that on the phone the other day, right? Because what works for somebody isn't going to yep. work for everybody. Yeah. And so I could be doing something that you think is wrong, or you could be doing something that I think is wrong. But it's not about what I think about you or what you think about me. It's only, at the end of the day, only I know whether I did my best or not. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, you know what... And- what I think is my best, you may think is not the best, right? And so that's huge right there. I love that. One thing that you said that I just had to write a note on that I want to circle back to, um, you said the word end point, right? Like there might be a uh, more efficient way for coaches to get to the end point, right? And so this is something that I like to talk about and that I kind of conversate with myself on and other trainers and coaches and players. Do you, what do you think it's about? And when I say it, I'm talking the game, either sport or the game of life, is it about getting to that end point and getting to your goal? Or do you think it's more about the journey and the process? What are your thoughts on that? 100% the journey. Because like we said, like there's a lot of great athletes out there and everyone's doing you know, work to be that best player in the world, but only a small amount will. Only one person can be the best yeah, in the world. That yeah, that and, you know, and just getting it to that high level. Like I saw some statistics on like football players, like how many actually go and play in college and then from those college, how many actually make it to the NFL and then from there, how many actually play. Like we're talking such a small percentage of a chance that like I'm a very realistic person. If I'm achieving a goal like that or working for a goal like that, I also have the deep, you know, thought in my mind that this is probably not going to work, but that doesn't bother me. Like, because it's not about getting to that point. It's about setting an outrageous goal uh-huh. and working for an outrageous goal. But if I don't, like, it's okay because I'm, there's no way you didn't get better. There's no way you didn't exactly. improve. There's no way you want Constant a better person. Like, if you are trying to, you know, be the best player in the world, you're probably going to be one of the best players in the world by the time you're done. Yep. Can't say you're going to be the best, but you're probably going to be better than majority of the people. Uh-huh. You know, but if you're just like, I just want to, you know, make my varsity team and that's all I really care about. And that's probably all you're gonna ever achieve. Yeah. Then you have no chance at being one yeah, of the best. Yeah, you're not in the gonna world. be one of the best in the world. And, and people laugh at me a lot because I put outrageous goals for myself. Like, I mean, I still at some point will try to hit these crazy goals. And, and they laugh, but it's like, I don't really mind because, you know, first it just shows like where their mental capacity is versus mine. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, as that's I, how I, think I still about got it. you beat right now. Oh, yeah. Like, my mind is way stronger than yours. So, like, put us in that one on one situation. I know I'm prevailing. But, I put those outrageous goals because I want to I want to reach for the stars. Like I want to go so hard at something and work towards it 
and, and know like, man, the odds of that, they're going to be hard. Amazing, awesome, love it if it happens. But if not, I know I'm way better off by putting that crazy goal out there. Oh, yeah. So 100 percent is the journey. Like if you can keep that perspective and you can, you know, know, like, sure, I want to be this, you know, all American, whatever, work for that. But if it doesn't happen, you didn't fail. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you aren't, you know, whatever. Like, like you you still earn something from that. You might not have got the title you wanted, but if you can step back and look at the journey and what you what you were achieving throughout it then there's plenty of things that you you were awarded with. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I truly thought, until a certain point, I think in high school is when I really started questioning it, but until eighth grade or so, I truly, truly thought I was going to make it to the NBA, right? I really thought I was going to be... Hey, we still could if you want to. Right? Maybe I need to get on. back in the gym, <laughs> right? It's not working. No, Dream's but, not ever dead. And, I, and I'm not saying that if there's a kid out there listening and his goal is to make it to the NBA, that he can't, right? Because somebody has to, yeah, right? Yeah. There, there's spots to fill and somebody's got to make you. it, but... If you if we look at the statistics on it, there's you almost you have a almost a hundred times more likely chance of becoming a billionaire wow. with a B wow. than making it to the NBA, yeah. right? And yeah. I don't know any billionaires. Do you? Nah. Being a millionaire is hard, yeah. right? Being yeah. a billionaire is crazy. And and the reference I give on that because a lot of people don't understand the difference between what a millionaire is and what a billionaire is. Do you know how many um, days a million seconds is? Nah. A million seconds is 11 days. Okay. So if a million seconds is 11 days, how many days do you think a billion seconds is? Well, I know a billion is a thousand millions, so it's got to be a lot. So how many? 11,000? Does that make that right? Maybe. Yeah. That, so really what it, the, I don't know, as, as far as days, I know it's 32 years. So that could be probably so, 11,000 yeah. days. Yeah, so you know. might be spot on, right? So wow, 11 days, thirty-two. you years. can remember what you're doing. 32 years, I haven't even lived 30. Both of us haven't lived 32 nope. years yet, right? So 11 days goes by pretty quick. 32 years is insane, right? And, and so thinking of that from a, back to a basketball perspective, making it to the NBA is very, very, very hard, right? Yeah. But that to me, shouldn't stop you from that being your goal. 100%. Because like you said, right, if you if you just say, okay, no, the chances of me making it to the NBA are almost zero, right? I'm just going to not play basketball anymore. You're just going to hope to make college and, you know, that's it. Then you just put the cap on it. Yeah, you're limiting yourself, yeah. right? And that's, again, mental, right? And you're not going to gain as much and you're not going to work as hard and you're not going to explore and seek information and all that yeah. to the extent that you would yeah. if you had that outrageous goal. Agreed. So I think we're on the same page of the goal needs to be outrageous with an understanding that you may or may not get there, right? There's a better chance that you're not going to get there, but yeah. if you pursue it, you're going to end up a lot farther and you're going to become, it's not about where you end up. I think it's about who you become yeah. as a person, yeah. right? And yeah. so um, I know Zach is giving us the signal of wrap up over here. You got to get over to where you headed. Um, I'm actually watching a bullpen for some of the uh, pro guys. that are still in town. Nice. Uh, yeah, they're finishing up before they head out to spring training. So I like to again another thing like as a coach, like go support your people. Oh yeah. You know, it might just be a little bullpen, but yep. like me being out there, I think I think they enjoy that and they like you know what again learn too. Like I can better learn what they're being asked to do. You know, pitching when I go watch it, and so I can you know help them in the gym better. So it's just. You know, I got some free time. I'm going to go out there and watch them do their thing, and I enjoy doing it. And probably the last time I'll be able to catch some of them before they go and play this year. And, you know, it's just something you got to make time for. Oh, yeah. No, and I love what you just said about learning. We, we've had this conversation millions of times of what we were doing five years ago as trainers isn't what we're doing today, and it probably won't be what we're doing in five years, right? Correct. So 
let's end on that note. What are, you, what are your thoughts on learning and education and all of that? Just share that with the listeners. Um, I heard someone say this once too. I'm keep quoting a lot of people, but like the more you, the more you know, the less you realize you know. And it sounds like very like counterintuitive, but like the more I'm learning, the more I realize I know nothing. That is and, the and that's truth. beautiful about oh, yeah. it. That's a beautiful thing to know. And that's a beautiful thing to yeah. grasp now because now I, I don't have to come into a place and be like, I know everything. Like, I know nothing. Yep, you're open-minded. So I'm so open-minded now to anything and everything. Like, tell me some outrageous, wild thing. I don't really care if I'm going to do it or not, but I want to know the information. I want to know every side of the story because that's the only way I can truly become the best if I have you know, information being taught from other people, you know, other people succeed again in different ways. There's different ways to get to that end point. And so maybe they're doing one part of something that's, you know, I like that they're doing and I can add it to my, my routine now. Yep. I don't have to take everything. I don't have to live your life, but I can always learn a little snippet of something that I can take to myself and I can better myself because of it. Sweet. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm on the same page right there. All right, let's wrap this thing up. One fo- uh, final question. Well, we'll go two. We'll okay. go my question to you is, what is your current outrageous goal? Where, uh, where do you want to be in 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years? Well, I'll, I'll give you the one that uh, my athletes, I've been telling them, and they all laugh at me when I tell them it because I majority work with baseball players. But I told them I'm going to learn how to throw 90 so I can prove to people that, for first off, I'm not a big person. I'm maybe 5'5", five, five, 155, 155 pounds. Uh-huh. And so, like, First off, just my size alone is like not really normal to throw hard. I haven't played baseball since I was probably like 10 or eight. Um, but you're about to get back and to so it. And so I'm just like, I'm <laughs> like, but I just want to kind of prove like, like, again, whether I do or don't, like the odds of me throwing 90, probably very slim. I mean, maybe if I worked on it for the next two to five years, we could get pretty close. Um, but I want to, again, put, put an outrageous goal. If I throw 85, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. why am I throwing? Especially 85? not being a baseball. I'm not player. a baseball player. Yeah. Like, I haven't played for years. So, again, it's like I like to put those outrageous goals out there, um, and I think that's kind of more of like a funny laughing one. But that's something again I'm doing for my athletes in a way because I want to prove if you learn your body and you learn truly what it's supposed to do and how it can work, and then you go teach a skill, and then you practice the skill, and you and you work at something, you know, day in and day out, you can become pretty elite at it. Oh yeah. Whether I hit 90 or not doesn't matter. Like. It's, I'm probably going to impress people along the way. Definitely. And I'm going to impress myself. Yep. And I'm going to learn something from it. We'll have to follow up with Nick and see yeah. if you ever... I, that, I one I, that one I didn't want to bring to the public. So I was like, <laughs> well, now it's out there. I was like, now I put that out. I was like, oh, gosh, I got to say this now. Oh, yeah. Because um, a bunch of them know it in here, at least. And I was just like, they're like, you telling people this? I'm like, I mean, not really. Like, <laughs> like now, now it's going to be blasted. It's out there now. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe check back in a year or two. We'll see where I'm at. Oh, yeah. Do you um, know where you're currently at? Have no you idea. Tested? Got no. it. But honestly, it's it's tough because I, I was, I told you I tweaked my stomach last week. It was because of a lot of the throwing. Uh-huh. And so with hernias, it's it's a very tough position to stretch and rotate um, and create that tension from separation of the hips and spine. And that's asking a lot of out of my, my abs and my, my midsection. And so with a couple hernias, you know, it's like there is that fear in your head of like, can my body even hold up on this? Uh-huh. And after the little tweak, I, and it was just it was just from doing something new. Like, I don't do that normally. And it, again, it was a lot. And my body said, hey, like, chill out. Like, I get what you want to do, but like, let's build our way into it. Yeah. And so like, we'll, we'll just got to baby step our way in there when the guys get back from after the season, you know, I'll work on it more and we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So that's a personal goal. I love that one. What about for your business? What about your gym? Where do you want... Um, how do I say the name of your business? Uh, 1513 Performance. 1513 Performance. Yeah. So where do you want 1513 Performance to go within the next five years, 10 years, 20 years? 
Um, I mean, a lot of people ask that, and I think in, when asking that, they think I'm going to answer with, like, I want to have this massive facility, and I want to <laughs> outreach thousands of people. And, and I really don't necessarily want to do that, and it's not because I wouldn't love to do that. It's that I want the gym to organically grow at its own pace, and that's kind of what it has done so far uh -huh. because of how I run it and how I want it to be a personal thing. Like, if I get too big, I don't relate with the athletes and learn them well enough, 100%. and I lose that aspect of it. Yep. And that's something to me that is so valuable and is so much more important than what I teach them you know, physically. So there's only so much growth I want from the gym to maintain that ability to, to reach people. Uh -huh. And, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to add a, an athlete or an, a, a trainer on and that maybe thinks the same way and is, is, you know, emitting that same energy and wants to give back in that same way. And then we can reach more people that way. But until, until I get to a point where, you know, I'm not able to, to sustain that level of connection, then, you know, I'm happy with right where I'm at. You yep. know, I, I feel like I'm, impacting a lot of people and I'm being able to change, you know, change people's life slowly, but surely. And, you know, I'm really enjoying that. And so, you know, I definitely have goals of growing, but you know, I want it to happen organically. Yeah. And you know, the gym is, um, 15, 13 is off of Bible verse. So I'm a man of faith and I just want God to kind of have his, his hand in it and progress it at the rate that he believes I'm, you know, I'm capable of. I love it. I love that. All right. Well, honestly, I don't think of a can't think of a better way to wrap this up. Uh, I guess, do you have any final thoughts for any listeners? I know we have a lot of parents of basketball players. We have basketball players that yeah. are uh, honestly, I've had middle school all the way to professional basketball players give us feedback. So, really, parents, basketball players, coaches, um, I guess, fitness enthusiasts. Is there any final thoughts that you have for anybody who's on the flip side listening to this podcast? Um, I mean, that's a that's a wide answer for all those different groups. But I think if, if we just look at everyone as human beings, you know, and not, you know, the coach, the parent, yep. the athlete, um, I'd say the big, biggest thing is just to like trust your body, learn your body and, and, you know, to get back to what we did, you know, a couple hundred years ago. And if you can't, you know, play like your eight year old brother or whatever like that, and you don't have the abilities they have, you know, start with that. Start with sitting on the ground a little more often, getting out of chairs, hanging more, you know, getting barefoot, walking outside, just just getting back to the roots of things. And I think if anyone does that, whether it's a coach, parent, you know, athlete, they're going to feel better and, you know, they're going to excel more at whatever they're doing, whether it's just being a parent or being an athlete or being a coach. Being a human. Being a human. Be a good human Beautiful. Being. I love that. And I'm going to add one layer. You said uh, know your body, know your – or trust your body, right? Yeah. I'm going to add – what we talked and about this whole mind. episode, know your mind, yes. trust your mind, You're right? The boss of your body. Exactly. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today. Nick, I cannot thank you enough for this hour of your time. And this it. was part one. We're definitely going to hey, have to come go. back for a part two. I we love have it. Have me back endless. whenever you want. Oh yeah. I love chopping we'll it. it up. All right, guys, thank you so much for those who are listening and giving us feedback. Again, this is a brand new podcast. We're learning, we're growing every episode. We want to bring entertainment, valuable knowledge, and just things that you can take into your everyday life and execute and implement to make you a better human overall. Um, this was my guest, Nick Womble. Nick, where can they find you? Um, I only got an Instagram page for the gym, so 1513 Performance, but that's with Roman numerals, so XV, XIII Performance, and you can check us out over there. If you need strength, conditioning, mobility, any type of work, obviously we talked, he builds the mind as well. He's located right here in Melbourne, Florida, right behind our Melbourne gym. Um, again, he works with athletes 12 to professional athletes. So hit him up, get in the gym, try a session, yeah. and you won't regret it. 
tell them Tyler sent or tell them the 90% podcast yeah. sent you. Um, and, and again, thank you guys so much for your support. We're just getting started with this podcast. We're going to keep building it. And we couldn't do it without you guys listening on the flip side. So we definitely appreciate you. Make sure to follow us on all social platforms, the 90% podcast and Fast Phenom Training. I'm your host, Tyler Matthews. And that's a wrap for this morning. Thanks again.